0: So, Welcome to the Anxious in Austin podcast. Um, I'm Dr. Thomas Smithyman.
1: And I'm Dr. Marianne Stout. We're here with the Anxiety Treatment Center of Austin. We are Mm -hmm. two psychologists in Austin.
0: We specialize in anxiety. And so we're going to talk today about insomnia. Mm -hmm. This is a part two picking up on where we... Finished last time if we can remember exactly yes
1: it was a little scattered last time but i think we're going to focus more on the treatment aspect of insomnia sounds good this time so welcome and enjoy
0: okay
1: okay okay so treatment of insomnia um last time we talked about like uh sleep hygiene Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and such which are kind of ways to sort of physiologically help your brain get ready to fall asleep Because those can be some pretty simple ways of if you're having difficulty with sleeping, and they can exacerbate insomnia if you're not doing some good sleep hygiene, like having a bedtime routine and um, avoiding alcohol late at night, avoiding um, caffeine and exercise before bed, and Mm -hmm. blue light. Waking up
0: at a good time each morning.
1: Yes, having a consistent schedule of going to bed and waking up around the same time each day, Mm -hmm. um, and avoiding napping. Yeah. Um, so we had talked about possibly bringing the CBT model into sure. this too? Yeah,
0: we had. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I looked at it further, I questioned whether I should have suggested that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, why don't we talk about when we have clients who come in and insomnia is an issue, what we start focusing on with them, what we would like okay. uh, recommend then to do, um, mm-hmm. and ways to kind of begin it.
0: Treatment, yeah. So, for you, since you do a lot of this, what what's your what's your first place, first kind of intervention point?
1: I try to go with that threat misappraisal. What is the fear? Right when for a, um, it's different for different people, but a lot. It's very common difficulty falling asleep mm-hmm. or the difficulty falling back asleep. If I had like nighttime waking, um, it's really common. That there are a lot of beliefs then in trying to fall asleep. Like if I don't get enough sleep. Uh-huh going to terrible things are going to happen mm-hmm. um it's a really common one that i've experienced yeah, t- kinds.
0: terrible things being like i'm going to be super tired and moody all day i'm gonna screw up my work i won't be as productive i won't be able to handle stress
1: sure my all, all health all that kind of stuff will be impacted and then mm-hmm. right as in some or as in anxiety does it projects into the future yeah. if this keeps up my mm. health is going to be impacted, and gotcha. I'm going to. So what if
0: I become someone who can't get to sleep for
1: days, years. weeks, mm-hmm. years? Yeah. Then, you know, I'm going to lose my job, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to function, or mm-hmm. my health will be impacted, and so I'll it's sick like and die. Catastrophizing. Or, yes. Yeah. So, um, I usually start with trying to get really good at identifying what are those thoughts. What mm-hmm. are kind of the like,
0: like, what are the consequence thoughts? Yeah. What What's so consequence? What is anxiety threat? threatening you mm-hmm. with?
1: Yeah. What are the the threats? um, Mean anxiety thoughts um, associated with sleep or lack thereof, Um, and then we'll go through and work to challenge and change them, and work on some of the traditional.
0: Yeah. uh, Meaning, like what are what are the most common things you do to to challenge them?
1: um, Well, I think of give that to you the oh positive (laughs) sleep thoughts. Thing. Um, and we talked a little bit about this last time too, like uh, core sleep, the difference between like REM sleep and core sleep. That like mm-hmm. the the deep sleep, the core yeah. sleep is what our body needs the most. The REM sleep is helpful in like consolidating memory and making you, you know, impacting your mood to make you feel better. Yep. All that kind of stuff. But like that, really, you need a little over five hours of sleep, and I and that can be broken up. Because there's these beliefs, which I think are perpetuated by the media, lots of, yes, stuff, yeah. and helpful sources, saying that, like, you need eight hours of sleep every night, otherwise these terrible things are going to happen, um, and so actually looking at some of the research and identifying, like, you need about five and a half hours of sleep a night, and that can be broken up over the day, and if you don't get it, your body's going to work to recover that mm-hmm. the next time you fall it's, asleep. Yeah,
0: so it's, it's going it's, to, it's self-correcting to exactly. a much extent.
1: So to kind of combat some of those ideas that mm-hmm. I, you know if I don't sleep, terrible things are going to happen, and that there is a lot of research saying that like people can go for a long time without mm-hmm. getting even that five and a half core hours of sleep and still be okay, still function, actually, doesn't kill actually, yeah. them uh-huh. or cause them to go crazy or what have you, whatever the fear might be. So, um, so Work kind on of that piece. Trying uh-huh. to think of other. Oh, and that a lot of the research shows that. When you don't get enough sleep, it impacts mood, not necessarily performance. Mm -hmm. That, like, kind of the repetitive, more dull tasks it can impact, but things like, um, there's a lot of research on, like, doctors and, um, like, the solo yachting people, right, Mm -hmm. who, like, yachting around the world by themselves and And, and, um, need little sleep.
0: I'm betting that... um when people are worried about, oh, no, I'm not going to sleep enough, it's going to screw me up, they're probably not thinking, oh, no, I'm going to be so bad at my dull tasks, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? They're probably concerned, oh, no, I'm going to do bad on my, like, presentation. or Exactly. Like, you know, I've, I've had, that's been a lot of them. like, oh, no, I've got to sleep so much this one night or else I've got this big presentation I'm going to do and it's going to be terrible. Sure. And what you end up finding out is no. No. For the presentation because you care about it, it's important. You have all this, you know compensatory adrenaline things yeah. kick in and f- you feel wide awake during mm-hmm. that presentation. Maybe later on you're in the afternoon tired. when things get boring and there's no stimulation then. Yeah. Maybe start to feel tired then but not when it matters.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, that for the most part you're probably going to be feel tired mm-hmm. and you might be a little grumpy. Right? Those yeah. are the main things that research shows that lack of mm-hmm. sleep impairs. Gotcha. And so we try to Okay. Work on those. So, um, so that's
0: challenging the the beliefs with sort of psychoeducation, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um. And on their own history. Like, have you ever had times mm-hmm. in your past when you haven't gotten enough sleep? And yeah. did it happen then that you never were able to fall asleep again, or you're, right? Like, you went mm-hmm. crazy, or you, um, your health was impacted, or whatever. The yeah. the thinking of specific mm-hmm. clients, like, when this what has gone wrong? Gotcha. What's the actual thing?
0: I, I like doing. Um, I feel like this is one of the areas where um, behavioural experiments are really useful. Yes. So, so this is... So, pap- people's runs is a way of doing exposure. So, it's the way it kind of works is if, if anxiety is telling you, oh, no, this terrible thing will happen um, unless you protect yourself, make sure it doesn't. So, the way we do a behavioural experiment would be identify exactly what it's predicting will happen and then make sure you don't protect yourself, and then find out what happens. Find (laughs) out, is the anxiety telling you the truth? Yeah. And since we know anxiety is built to exaggerate, probably what you find is not going to be exactly what anxiety predicts. Yeah. So I like that in this area. So you you can do behavioral experiments. If you figure out what the belief is, what the risk is.
1: What's the prediction that anxiety is making?
0: Then Be super explicit and test it out. Test it out. And part of that will be we've got to make sure that you're not engaging in safety behaviors. It's got to be actually risks. Like, take a real risk. hmm So I think for, for the stuff we're talking about, you yeah, know, like sometimes, okay, well, deliberately deprive yourself of sleep. Yeah. See how it goes. Deliberately get six hours and... Whatever your safety behavior is, like, oh, I have a nap during the day and that's how I survive.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, or I let myself sleep in in the morning. Yeah,
0: I'm sleeping. I just take
1: melatonin, otherwise I'll never fall asleep. Totally. Or,
0: or I drink a bunch of coffee. Mm-hmm. Or whatever your safety behavior is to prevent terrible outcomes of screwing up at work or being unable to make it through the day or being really miserable. Find out does that actually happen?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the other thing I, yeah. and it's really common in insomnia work is doing um, sleep diaries just to get some more data right because you have all these beliefs and anxiety just pulls out the like see how this was terrible remember when this terrible thing happened and you were tired so um, we want to get some like accurate data so you start getting people to record okay how long did it actually take you to fall asleep which Mm -hmm. by the way most people with insomnia as we talked about last time probably are overestimating how long it took them to fall asleep because they're not recognizing the early stages of sleep as sleep Mm -hmm. Um, how, oh, when did you fall asleep? How long did it take you fa- to fall asleep? How many hours total of sleep did you get? Because um, that's a big one, right? Like, I get no sleep ever. And so, is that true? Do you, yeah. you know, is it that every night you did not get any sleep? Or were the, how many hours total through the day did you actually get asleep? sleep? Mm-hmm. So that people can start to have some challenging data behind it. Like, oh, yeah. I guess I do sleep more than I believe that I do. Or, I don't get as much sleep as I, you know, as I, I'm accurate. I'm not getting a lot of sleep. And then... What was the outcome? What was your mood today? Actually, what was your performance yeah. Yeah. like today? If you could rate that. So to see, like, is it really, you know, this perfect correlation of low sleep equals mm-hmm. terrible performance or terrible mood? Or is there mm-hmm. ever a time when, yeah, I've had a little amount of sleep and my mood was okay or my performance was and, okay? And is that
0: tracking for the the outcome stuff? Is that tracking, like, every hour you give a score on, like, performance and mood?
1: Um, it, what I have looks yeah. like a over-the-day
0: piece but yeah like an averaged out. yes just because i was thinking you know maybe you didn't sleep much and you're okay for the most part mm-hmm. maybe there's times where you get oh here's where i get a little more tired or if i do a boring task then i feel worse but you know if i'm socializing i have a great time or yeah if i'm doing you know that, that might might help differentiate between Yeah. You know, like and also maybe that even if i'm tired i shouldn't hide away from interesting tasks i shouldn't hide from important work, maybe I shouldn't uh, avoid seeing friends and connecting.
1: Yeah. because that stuff's see.
0: not impacted by it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'll, I think I'd break it down into more, to smaller intervals mm-hmm. for, like, the worst somebody is functioning, right? Like, the worse they're feeling than to get, like, see, there is if you are overestimating even your, your average of, like, how terrible your mood is or how low your performance is, then we might do it. Like, okay, let's break it down into, like, yeah, the morning middle of the day, end of the day kind of thing to see what were your scores. But that adds to more, um, right, data to challenge this belief because people with insomnia overestimate how long it takes them to get to sleep and underestimate how much sleep they actually get at night. So to start to get some data there can be really helpful in that challenging those beliefs piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And then behaviors... For mm-hmm. right, like we talk about avoidance being the fuel for anxiety's fire. Yes. The more I avoid anxiety, the bigger it gets, and mm-hmm. the more I can lean into or tolerate anxiety, the less power that it has. What are things that I'm doing to avoid anxiety, and what are ways I can start leaning into it or tolerating it? Kind of like you said, like, am I napping be- because I'm so scared mm-hmm. if I don't get enough sleep that my anxiety is going to be huge? I'm going to feel mm-hmm. terrible. Okay, let's let's do that. Are there um, I don't want to like, like imaginal exposure to towards the thoughts like whatever the negative thoughts are mm-hmm. um, you know if there's a thought of like I have to fall asleep in the next 10 minutes or tomorrow's going to be terrible I might have them do some exposure do
0: you have, to have them do thoughts? exposure like during the day in session or are you, do you mean like do exposure like in bed yeah I'll yeah. have
1: people do them in bed for sure like what is the fear as especially as things are starting to improve a bit because sometimes I can feel really scary like I might have them do it during the day at first right like whatever the fear thought is if I if I don't fall asleep or if I don't get enough sleep tonight I'm gonna whatever whatever the fear is you know die or have a heart attack or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. Um, we have them like say that a bunch of times, doing like an imaginal exposure during yeah. the day. Uh-huh. Um, if it feels like too scary to do it at nighttime, but kind of work towards the goal of being mm-hmm. able to do some exposure at nighttime around it. Yeah, um, like start reducing um, melatonin use or Xanax use or whatever they're uh-huh. doing. Alcohol use, any yeah. kind of like sleep medication mm. piece, and I'll have them put that on the sleep diary as well. Like because if there's a belief, I have to take my melatonin, otherwise I won't sleep and my day will be terrible the next day. Let's out. Yeah, let's get yeah. some data behind it. Is that that true? So it can be an exposure which can then feed into, you know, part of the cognitive restructuring, disputed thoughts mm-hmm. piece. Um, um, and then I. Th- think as with any anxiety right these are like the nuts and bolts of treating Mm -hmm. insomnia i always think of like that's where we start with because that's what people are most concerned with is like yeah the cognitive identifying the fears cognitive restructuring then working on the leaning into it and reducing avoidance and Mm -hmm. even exposures for the ones that are most difficult to overcome Mm -hmm. and then typically you start seeing improvement but there's this fear of what if it comes back uh-huh. or what if you know I have to do all of these specific things otherwise it could come back or get mm-hmm. worse again And so then I usually think later on down the road of like the metacognitive piece like what are my thoughts about insomnia or what are my thoughts about anxiety right the thinking about thinking mm-hmm. the more that I think, it can never happen again or I can never relapse or this would be terrible if this happened again I finally got it under control mm-hmm. the more likely you're setting yourself up to have it happen again yeah, or if
0: you're having a demand of I can never mm-hmm. have a bad night's sleep again mm-hmm. or a bad couple of nights of sleep exactly and yeah you you are essentially turning your threat system on that's that's how I I think I you know my general frame for anxiety kind of applied to this is I think about it in terms of we have a threat system that's designed to protect us and we're going to be in trouble if we try to use the threat system to protect us from a lack of sleep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, especially. Because,
0: because we don't need a, like, like our threat system is there, you know.
1: To wake it, you up.
0: Yeah. It, make it, you alert. It, exactly. It evolved to help us survive physical threats and then social threats and other threats but now it's this it's blunt instrument that is trying to protect us from whatever we perceive as dangerous Mm -hmm. and so its response is largely physical (laughs) and that doesn't work well when the threat is oh i'm not relaxed enough to get down into sort of you know semi-consciousness of sleep yeah then the response of well i better get a bunch of adrenaline that is not really going to you know, we can't run away from it Yeah. so, so my, my thoughts in, you know, in this area are just like for other mm-hmm. ones um, how, can, how can we teach the threat system I don't need you here mm-hmm. and so this is sort of my larger frame for all of these little interventions we're all trying to teach the threat system don't need you, this is not a threat situation, mm-hmm. this is not helpful Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, the way to do that is to make sure that we're not rewarding and feeding the threat system by treating it as though it's helping you. Mm-hmm. So just, again, in general, if we do what the threat system tells us to do or we treat the danger as being real, then we're basically saying to the threat system, thank you for your help. You were kicking in when I need you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought that the doing that, Questioning of the beliefs is questioning whether there's a real danger. Do we need the threat system so on? Kind of saying no. Um, doing behavioural experiments are a way of proving to the threat system. Oh look, this is not dangerous. I don't need you to deal with this danger. Um, and then kind of nuts and bolts level, um, I'd be looking for like we want people not to worry. So. If you're lying there and thought comes in, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to sleep very much tonight, then responding as though that's a really important thought about something really dangerous by sitting and ruminating on it, worrying on it, all it does is just get you, just turns that threat system on and starts to get your arousal level going.
1: Exactly. Not helpful. You know? I know. I think it's like the catch-22 right, of so much of this that like, the m- more I... Reach for it aggressively, the more elusive it is. Yes. <laughs> with sleep, like, yeah. you need to be able to, yeah, I might be getting a terrible night's sleep and mm-hmm. it sucks, but it is what it is. Totally. And the more I, I tell it, it can't be that, the less, <laughs> even less I'm gonna yeah. get.
0: Yeah, so we can't be, can't be actively, you know, choosing the, the threat system to fight it instead. So, choosing not to engage actively in the worry process. Of like searching for solutions and trying to mm-hmm. mentally problem solve your way out of it in your head, it just gets your arms going. So I'm trying to think. Okay, stop. Since the worry is part of that threat system, we want to not give the worry a bunch of yeah energy. Which which I think of one of the ways I encourage doing that is through meditating. So I'm curious to know for you, what do you think about about meditating and sleep?
1: Um, I. F- think it can be great because you're not engaging with right worry thoughts or the goal is to not
0: mm-hmm.
1: engage with worry thoughts. I think as I think I've think i encountered a lot of clients, and personally I've struggled with this at times, that um, meditating then can become a safety, a safety behavior. behavior. That's,
0: <laughs> that, that, that is kind of why I was asking you because that's part of how I think about it too. It's one of those...
1: Theoretically... Su-
0: yeah, super useful when it's being... Done in the right way as long as it's not a response. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, a response to trying to prevent something bad from happening. Sure.
1: I'll have people too who struggle with like meditation. I'll talk about like, okay, so if you worry Mm -hmm. and you know it's hard to turn your mind off at night and that's the thing that's causing you to not be able to fall asleep, Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, well, what am I supposed to think about then, right? Like, what if I'm supposed to not be worrying, but what am I supposed to think about? And so it can be tough, I think, to like during the day. People are like can often say like I have other things to keep me busy or keep me yes. occupied, and they might f- you know fight worry for engagement level. Like this is something you know work is engaging, yep. so I, I don't. Yep. Have Instead
0: to, of focus on yeah, I don't have, have thoughts, to worry because I focus on, on work it. tasks. Yeah. So
1: I found I don't know if this is something that like other insomnia experts <laughs> would necessarily recommend, but if. It's hard to do some of the meditation piece because it feels like I should be being calm right now or I should Mm -hmm. be being whatever, super relaxed through meditation. This is just kind of working me up because I'm not getting there. I think... A lot of people have found um, useful is, like, something that's thinking about instead, something that's engaging, mm-hmm. but not super boring, right? If you think of, like, a mindfulness meditation, like, oh, I notice my worry thoughts, and I bring my thought my attention back to the breath. Yeah. Well, that's hard, because the breath is super boring, and worry is really engaging. Mm-hmm. So I find I'm like, well, what is a show you've been watching, or a movie that you liked, um, or a book that you've read that is, like, Entertaining but mm-hmm. not super engaging, and can you sort of think about the plot of that? I've used huh. that a lot with clients. Oh, that's interesting, huh? But that's something that's like engaging.
0: Engaging enough? Okay. Engaging enough, uh-huh. but
1: not so engaging that it like wakes me up, right? Interesting. Like that's not. So uh-huh. I found that as, as a.
0: That's very because it's person. a little less. Yeah, it's not boring enough that it's super easy to get pulled off.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this, this
0: is kind of interesting because it really is like I feel like the. the you got to pull your attention really useful during the day at nighttime mm-hmm. harder because it's not, you're not you try not compete. to be activating mm-hmm. um yeah i i've had some success with mantra oh yeah meditation is a little more active because you're saying a mantra to yourself again my personal for myself my personal favorite being which i will do again and again i think it's interesting enough and you know I find that to be helpful mm-hmm. sometimes, but yeah, that that was one I wanted to ask you about.
1: Yeah, because it was it's an hard. interesting yes.
0: kind of, you know, yeah.
1: When my brain is going in something that's really hard to not get hooked into, mm-hmm. how do I let go of that for something that's supposed to be boring enough for me to fall asleep or at least, right, like
0: yeah,
1: boring enough that it's not activating my sympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system. And so, just in asking clients, like, what's been helpful. I've also had some clients who say, like, well, I will, this is probably harder if they have partners sleeping with them, I will, I had a client who once turned on a show on Netflix on her computer, Mm -hmm. but put the, like, screen kind of down on the Mm -hmm. laptop so she couldn't actually watch the show, and turned the volume down really low so she could kind of hear it. Yeah. But then it was pretty easy to not engage Mm -hmm. with it. So I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing too of like here is something that's engaging enough that mm-hmm. it can compete with worry, but not so engaging that it's gonna okay. But my- what
0: about what about like maybe not when you are lying in bed going oh I'm already worrying I'm already anxious which is kind of responsive. Mm-hmm. What if it was part of the the winding down ritual? Sure. And a part of my thought for this being like in general we don't want to do we don't want to use meditation as being a safety, a safety behavior a response anxiety. to anxiety but mm-hmm. instead we want it to be like a regular you know baseline stress lowering activity so what if it was just part of the baseline like lowering this part of your wind down yeah you know i mean because part of my thought for that being um i believe there's some some research that like if you're in kind of doing active problem solving mode which is what worry is mm-hmm then your beta waves are, are higher, mm-hmm. like brainwaves, and that lying there trying to solve the problem of your anxiety while lying in bed is kind of keeping you there. Sure. Um, I believe there's some research that if you meditate, it actually brings those brain waves down, even for while you are asleep, you know, because you can sleep with those, you can sleep in that mode, um, and that that... that bringing down the beta waves and increasing the alpha beta waves that might be putting you in a like just every single night in yeah. a general state that's helping you ease down into it
1: yeah part of your kind of relaxation yeah. thoughts on that yeah i mean yeah, yeah. i i think sure right like a added benefit of meditation is kind of turning on your parasympathetic nervous system like the calming piece mm-hmm. and so
0: which, which I look at as being a side effect yeah rather than a goal, the goal meditation. For sure but mom and the, you know but, but it is something that can be
1: yeah and if you're practicing to learn this skill and it
0: yeah you know, and it's practicing the skill of choosing not to engage in, in worry so, okay. yeah. so anyways that, that was my thoughts on kind of on the worry piece and mm-hmm. I did want to know your ideas on that um, then other things I'm um, I'm thinking about as far as not reinforcing and rewarding threat system. Really important one being choosing not to engage in threat monitoring. Oh yeah. So not so basically the way this works is if you scan for threats and you're looking for threats and trying to identify threats, you're to find the them act out. of do yeah. <laughs> the, the act of doing that alone is treating it as being a dangerous situation mm-hmm. and is treating your threat system as being necessary. And the research on this is pretty clear. If you scan for threats, you'll find them, yes. even if they're not there.
1: Yeah, it's like the, if I have health anxiety and I go on WebMD, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you, you're going to find something. You're going to find, yeah. <laughs> scan, or, or if you scan for something physical in your body yes, you're to worry find, about, you'll comfort. find something. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's something that's totally, you know, it could be neutral, not problematic stuff. But if you scan for it, you'll find it. You'll likely misinterpret stuff as being much worse than it is. Yeah. And then that just jacks up your threat system again.
1: Yes. I think of the number one thing of that is the looking at your alarm clock.
0: Yes. So this, this is is exactly that what I'm thinking? Like if we can this is real behavioural. Choose not to Yeah. Choose not to scan for threats.
1: Yes, put your alarm turn yeah. it away from yeah. you. Put the
0: alarm away. You don't know what time it is until it you wake bit. up. Yes. Mhm. Um, something of other other things. Not uh, not trying to like constantly be Checking and see. Oh, how am I? How many hours do I have left to go? Or yep. how much? I'm, how am I going to get through this? Mm-hmm. Um, during the day, choosing not to scan your body for tiredness all the time.
1: Yeah. And I think at night too. I have a lot of clients who will say, "I don't fall asleep until I'm like exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like I won't fall asleep unless I'm absolutely exhausted." Yeah. And that can be a similar thing too. Like, oh man, like how am I feeling right now? Am I tired enough to go to sleep? Or am mm-hmm. I too? You know, like sometimes it can be. That's part of why yeah. you are not getting as much sleep because you probably could have been falling asleep earlier. Yeah. But you choosing but that I, it's dangerous to try to fall asleep unless I am absolutely exhausted. Totally,
0: yeah. So, I think that choosing not to scan for threats, just choosing to you know again let it let it happen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then then that third piece being the safety behaviors, so not.
1: Those, and those can be, I mean, as with any anxiety, right, like kind of hard to figure out. I think that's some of the interesting work in doing In some new work is um, what different people have for safety behaviors. I, I mean, I, I will tell you the most common one I see is melatonin use. I feel yeah. like there's a big rise in melatonin because it's like, quote unquote, natural. Right, I don't need a prescription for it and Mm -hmm. everything. But it kind of adds to this piece that I am not able to fall asleep on my own. I don't have the ability to fall asleep on my own.
0: Uh, Yeah, and that's that's one of the big problems with safety behaviors. Mm -hmm. Is there anything where you feel like, oh, good thing I did this little trick or else I'd be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Then you don't get to learn that the danger is not there.
1: Mm -hmm. That I can cope with the outcome of it. Mm -hmm. I can tolerate the discomfort that comes with it. And um, And therefore,
0: threat system is not necessary to mm -hmm. kick in. We do not want to be teaching a threat system to kick in. Sure. We're teaching it. I can survive. I'm fine.
1: Yes. I don't don't need you here. The more that I use a safety behavior, the more they grow. Right. The more my anxiety grows, and the more I need more safety behaviors to keep the status quo.
0: And a lot of times, for safety behaviors, they end up being counterproductive. They cause they cause the thing they're trying to relieve. You know, trying to think how that would work in the sleep stuff maybe like if you think oh I can't survive without a nap or something then you have a nap or you have caffeine and then that
1: takes away your ability to sleep that night or I think of like alcohol use that night right like that totally yeah helps you fall asleep but then it causes you to wake up causes you to wake
0: up a couple hours later once it gets metabolized Mm -hmm. um yeah or trying to do like oh I can't I gotta cancel work because I can't handle it
1: I think that's a great one because I have a lot of clients who say that like it's gonna be terrible so I need to go home and I think that's a great thing to test out. Like, do I really need to go home from work? Or is it that part of me being tired, a bit tired at work, is going to help me to fall asleep that night?
0: Totally right. It's, it's helpful for, for self-correcting.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I that have wrong? that a lot of time with clients like, I can't go to school because I'm tired, or I didn't mm-hmm. get enough sleep last night, or I can't go to work, or do whatever the fear is because I didn't get enough sleep. Yep. But it's doing that thing anyway that, A, it's probably not going to be as miserable as you're predicting or Mm -hmm. your anxiety is predicting it will be. Yeah. Um, And your outcome, you know, your performance is probably not going to be as terrible as you're predicting it will be. And, B, it's going to tire you out more to help you fall asleep then. Totally. At an accurate time at night. Like, that's part of, yeah, your body's, like, self-correcting piece to it.
0: Awesome.
1: So, Yeah. yeah, I try to encourage that with clients. I'm like, just... Go anyway, yeah. you know. If it's that go. I can't give my speech or whatever, because I'm ta- do it Let's anyway. Yeah. Yes. What
0: if, what if that is just the threat system overreacting? Mm-hmm. What if you're actually perfectly fine, which yeah. is what, what we find. You now, I, I most think I've had a, had a case lately where it was kind, of, like kind of a breakthrough was, the decision not to treat, um, sleep as something. Super like a baby little bird that you mm-hmm. have to protect, sure. so not treating the amount of sleep you get each night as being something that you've got to protect so closely and so i I had him try that out and just just in, just in general don't protect it mm-hmm and guess what totally fine Things totally fine it didn't it didn't need protecting, yeah, you know like you got woken up and had to like go into work in the middle of the night and Went, and ended up being at work early. Did some work, was fine. Went to bed. Not, not an issue. No need to, to protect it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was fine. And you realize if, if you think, well, look for what are the ways that you are protecting your sleep, because you're treating it as being so vulnerable. And if try not doing that and see what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's exactly like what you said before. Like that ends up being a disservice to you, right? Like mm-hmm. in thinking this is so important and so special and so necessary. I can't let anything disrupt it. Otherwise, horrible things are going to happen, right? That's, that's going to end up biting you in the ass later. Mm. That, like, oh no, I didn't get this sleep, and therefore, no, I'm miserable because I believe that, yeah. you know, like I didn't get the sleep, and that's the thing I needed. But actually, I didn't get to test it out and see.
0: Mm-hmm. Did yeah.
1: these really happen? Did yeah, these I'm, terrible things happen?
0: I'm trying to kind of do that with uh, with caffeine. You know, it's like a feel like it's like it's on ongoing kind of testing thing. I love a taste of coffee, but also I know that it, there's also this bit of a thing floating back there of like, if I don't have coffee, I'm gonna be so tired and unable to focus and miserable. And I find myself regularly kind of having to test that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Be like, do I really need that coffee? I know I like it and the idea of it. It sounds like it's gonna be really helpful, but do I actually need it? Yeah. Yeah, and then when I when I test it out. Like I'm, I'm pretty fine, you mm-hmm. know.
1: Yeah. Are yeah. you all of a sudden like falling asleep in the middle of sessions?
0: Nope. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because <laughs> it's you know you know you get into it and it's interesting and it's totally fine. Mhm. Yeah. And then I tend to get tired earlier, probably fall asleep earlier. Yeah. And yeah, I had a cycle for maybe a, I don't know, like a month or two months where I had no caffeine, and I was just as great as always. You know, I was feeling just as good, no issues. No one complained, <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Well, I think of, like, the suffering that I had after my first daughter versus my second mm. child because I knew, right, like, I knew what s- to expect s- at, like... Suffering
0: in general, or is it... <laughs> <spiraling> sleep suffering? <laughs> hard to think
1: <laughs> that, like, it was so difficult after the first... Because I, right, like, didn't know what to expect, and I definitely was somebody who protected my sleep a whole lot, and mm-hmm. then I had a child who didn't sleep for months on end, and had to really work through a lot of this. And then had my second daughter three years later and knew going into, oh, I'm going to get, there's going to be a quite a significant amount of time of, like, very little sleep. But getting that data to see, oh, I could survive it. It actually, it gets better, A. And B, like, even when I wasn't getting much sleep at all, like, it still was okay. Yeah. With my second daughter, I came back to work two months after she was born she did not sleep
0: for months <laughs> but i had
1: that piece of like oh i i know that i will be okay right and, and,
0: and so I, th- I think that's one of the biggest takeaways right is we've if, if, if we're having anxiety about something we're so focused on the oh no what if what if what if oh no and just and the issue is the anxiety kicks in before the problems arise mm-hmm. but if we focus on the consequences mm-hmm. which is a lot of what we talked about is ways of cutting off the protective stuff but of seeing
1: what what actually actually happens
0: happens if the fear comes true Mm -hmm. that we're catastrophizing, if you focus on that, if you can realize, oh, wait, it's fine, it's not a big deal, Mm -hmm. maybe it's a little uncomfortable but it's not bad, then once you realize that, there's no need for your threat system to be kicking in and having you fight try to fight the whole time
1: yeah well and i think right like with the two of them i probably had equal amount of sleep mm-hmm. but the first one i did i had all these i thought it was gonna be a catastrophe if i didn't sleep yeah. Or i thought it was you know all these terrible things would happen or i'd never be able to fall asleep again or mm-hmm. whatever and so i worked really hard on safety behaviors of like you know napping and worrying and all of these mm-hmm. things and then i mean not that it naps aren't sometimes helpful when you're not sleeping at all with a baby but like in thinking I have to protect this I can't go without it yeah. piece that um, I think even though the actual sleep and this would be good for sleep diet, the actual data of how many hours of sleep I got was probably incredibly similar that like yeah the suffering with the first was so much more than the second because I knew like this is uncomfortable and I don't feel great but mm-hmm. there's not that catastrophe here which,
0: which makes you think again it's a reminder that the research that shows people with insomnia it's not. have, on average, a half hour less sleep.
1: Yes, it's not.
0: So it's not worth the the struggle. The threat system doesn't need to be engaged for 30 minutes of less sleep. Yeah, and that That's insomnia does big of a danger.
1: I think that, and that shows right. Insomnia is not that you're not getting a lot of sleep. Insomnia is the belief that I should be getting more sleep, mm-hmm. right? Like, and the suffering yeah. that goes around that belief. Totally.
0: Yeah, it's the suffering part, not the sleep itself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Which makes me think, good time to get to a little quick. What's what's your Wrap up. yeah, what's your big takeaway of what you want people to people take. to take away? Knowing that we all forget whatever eighty five percent of information we take in within yeah. a day or two. So well, what is the uh, what's think, your takeaway?
1: Um, what is most helpful for people in the like treatment of insomnia? I think the first piece is always What is insomnia predicting or anxiety predicting? What is the threat? What's the fear? What's this catastrophe that it's saying? How can I then start picking it apart, right? And ways I can do that, like sleep diaries or information out there of like that it's okay to not get as much sleep as I think I do. And then what are the behaviors that I'm doing, kind of safety behaviors and such to try to protect my sleep for fear of this terrible outcome coming. And what are ways I can kind of test out reducing those and dropping those so I can actually see does this come true
0: awesome awesome and I I think my my takeaways are um you only really need five and a half hours of core sleep
1: Mm -hmm. and they can be interrupted
0: they can be interrupted um and uh don't protect your sleep don't treat it as vulnerable and protective and go test out and find out what you can do on a little sleep. Find out, and, um, and maybe also to Get up at the same time yeah. each day. It's just, it's just so so easy, and it makes the whole thing easier.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to like the sleep hygiene. What yeah. are some of the ways our bodies are biologically and evolutionarily built to yeah. sleep and be awake?
0: Yeah. And, and I, I, the the reason I lot like that get up at the same time thing is, if if you go, if you fall asleep. Later, you're still getting up at the same time. So it's not a whole lot of thinking and planning on. But anyways that that's my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So thanks thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks.